0: It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner.
1: Welcome into today's Skinny Podcast on Local12.com. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor. Along with Jed Demusey, Local 12's sports producer, anchor, and reporter as we talk some Bengals as they head into the preseason opener on Friday against Tampa Bay. Of course, the big news of the week, Marvin Lewis missing a practice on Tuesday. Due to a uh, Baker's, what's called a Baker's cyst behind his knee, uh, medication uh, helping that very quickly. He was back at practice on Wednesday when the Bengals went through their walkthrough. He was out on the practice field and ready to go. Uh, Jed, you've been to a bunch of camp practices uh, as I have. Obviously, just a couple of of quick impressions from you on 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 a couple guys that maybe have stood out and maybe a couple guys you've watched and and wondered what, uh, what's going wrong with them.
0: Well, I think maybe the one thing that stands out to me in, in the limited time that I've spent down here, been maybe four or five practices, it seems like they are running a lot of quick. The quick passing game seems to be featured primarily when they're going 11-on-11, 11 11, offense-on-defense, first team. I saw you on Monday... A.J. Green was sort of in motion and running into the flat. It it looks like right now they're, and maybe that's just sort of the process of how they get going, but it looks like a lot of the things that I'm seeing offensively are are quick-hitting passing schemes, and I don't know if that's a byproduct of just getting going or if that's because they feel like they're going to have to do that because of the offensive line.
1: Uh, I I think that's a great observation because I think there's some truth to that. Um, and, And part of Andy Dalton's, strength is is rhythm passing it is making a quick read he's he's very good at pre-snap reads um and making a good decision on where the ball should go and i think that's that's uh that's going to even be a bigger benefit this year because i just don't think you can do a lot of stuff with him under center play action seven step drop taking your time looking down the field i just don't think that's going to work
0: you know you have so <laughs> many guys talking to ken zampezi yesterday after practice the offensive coordinator He's got new faces, obviously, with John Ross and Joe Mixon, but they're guys that really worked hard to get back to 100% before the season started with A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, and also Gio Bernard. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they complement what Andy Dalton can do with what they have. Some entities are known, some are not, and how that sort of dovetails into what are they? how wide open can this offense be if the offensive line is going to be a question mark
1: yeah the other part to the offensive line being a question mark is paul alexander after the scrimmage game on saturday um kind of made it a a six-man race for five spots And i think part of that is um i think it's a five spots he's not sure where to put guys i think a a given is russell bodine at center a given is clint bowling at left guard the hope obviously is set away at left tackle jake fisher at right tackle and then however it shakes down from a health perspective between andre smith and Trey Hopkins at right guard, but it may not shake down that way, depending on how way he plays in the preseason.
0: And the one thing you have to remember is that everybody's healthy. I mean, this is this is the the deck really that, that the Bengals have have to play with. They had obviously the option to bring back Whitworth and Zeitler. They chose not to, and th- this is the group that they wanted going forward. So,
1: well, I, I I think in a perfect world, if they could have re-signed one of them for the right finances, I think that's what they would have had. But but I think your point is is, is well taken, because there's no doubt when they drafted Cedric Abuehi, Jake Fisher, 1-2 two, in 2015, it was for, it, it at the very least, next season, if not this season, because of, of where things stood contract-wise with guys.
0: But they, cho- they chose not to repay, You're right. to, to pay those guys. I mean, they, they had... If they wanted to bring those guys back, there may be things that they could have done. It's interesting also to see when you lose Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu, everyone's like, man, that's a lot of talent that we lost there. Well, guys have, have stepped up, and, and the, the receiving position doesn't look as dire as it did when those guys left. That doesn't necessarily at this point seem to be the case with the offensive line. The, the Bengals have done their due diligence in getting guys in place to replace guys who leave, but I just don't know if it's there right now with the offensive line. But but Paul Alexander, again, as we've talked about on TV and and really in every form off the field or whatever, Paul Alexander is one of the best offensive line coaches in the game. So if, if, if somebody can figure out, it's going to be him. Right,
1: he's got some figuring to do, no doubt about it. I think that's the most interesting part we're going to find about preseason. You know, training camp, Cedric Abueh, he has not looked great. He has not looked awful. It hasn't been a you – know, uh, revolving door out there at left tackle where guys are constantly going around him. But uh, it, you need to see guys like this go against other guys before you can either go, right, that may work, or go, okay, what is what is plan B? Because really, as we mentioned, there's not a big plan B. You're talking about maybe moving Jake Fisher to left tackle if it doesn't work out there, maybe then moving Andre Smith to right tackle and plugging Trey Hopkins in at, at right guard. There's not a lot of contingency plan here. I, I the, the, the utter hope is, what you drafted for in 2015 pans out,
0: and you hope that that these guys can answer the bell. I mean, last year when when a boy he played, a lot of people will look at it and say, "Oh, well, he didn't play well last year. What makes you think that he's going to turn the page?" But th- there's something inside of him to play at this level where he knows I'm the guy, and you've got to hope that 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 something inside of him clicks because, as you mentioned, there there aren't there are some options. I'm, there are always options if, if a guy doesn't play well. But the number of options that they have, it, they're, they're not very good, and they're they're limited as, as you know, in years past they've, they've had more options there. So it's, it's going to be put up or shut up, and it's going to start on Friday against Tampa Bay.
1: All right, so the Bengals on Tuesday did release their first uh, depth chart of training camp, and no real surprises. They like to list veterans and guys that they – at least pencil in his starters before the season began as the starting group. And so it, you take this with a very big grain of salt. It was interesting. Joe Mixon listed his fourth team running back behind Cedric Pierman, Giovanni Bernard, and, and Jeremy Hill, the first two guys listed in reverse order, Hill one and, and Bernard two. Um, but from what we've seen of Joe Mixon, I think he's going to be the most interesting guy we see throughout preseason because of how good he has looked during training camp when there's really not a lot of contact. But, man, he makes explosive plays almost every single
0: day. He, he looks fantastic. And, and one of the things, if you come down to practice to watch, is if you see Mixon is in the game, try to find Ken Zampezi and watch his face when Mixon hits the corner or turns it up. It, it looks as if he's a kid on Christmas morning coming down the steps and there are just packages you know, be, uh, as far as the eye can see. Now, when you talk to Zampezi, he's not going to tell you the the way he the way he looks because he wants to kind of keep this kid at bay. And, and it's just, funny
1: he's not the only one. I, it seems like every coach you yeah. talk to about him, from Marvin Lewis to Zampezi to Kyle Kasky, they're all like that. I mean, they all are. It's almost like they're trying to tamp down maybe even their enthusiasm for Joe Mixon.
0: Right, but the body language cannot right. be denied, when, and, and the, when the eyeballs that things. we all see, I mean, we all see, right. we all see it. Right. So it, it, it's he's he's a special player. Now, again, as you mentioned, you know. I don't think he's a you know shorter pads and shorts all star. I, I think, agree with it. No, I no. think he's going to to have an impact on this team, but I think a lot of coaches are certainly licking their chops and 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 Bengals fans should be really anxious to see what he can do. It, to me, he looks like the best of Jeremy Hill and the best of Gio Bernard yes. in yes. one, and maybe times five. Yeah, I mean, no, that he,
1: that's that's a great analogy. No, I think he that's looks fantastic. on. Yeah, and. Yeah, for those that are wondering, well, shouldn't he start by the time the regular? regular? He, he's not going to, no matter what, unless Jeremy Hill just has the worst preseason ever or gets hurt or something along those lines, and Gio Bernard. They're going with a veteran guy. right? Whether you like it or not as a fan, that's how it's going to go. Now, as the season progresses and if Joe Mixon is the deal that we're seeing right now, they're not stupid. Joe Mixon will be very much in the mix, but it'll be interesting with all three healthy how the touches are distributed once the regular season begins. And we're still a ways away from
0: that. And a high tide raises all boats. If, if Mixon's going to press <laughs> these two guys, especially Jeremy Hill in a contract year, this is only going to sure. be good. So whether or not you get what you want at the beginning of the year, that's not necessarily the way it's going to end up. And what you do need to know, as you mentioned, is you have three guys who are hungry, who want the ball, who want to eat. and. They're only going to make each other better. A lot, lot of options, as we mentioned, for Kenzie and PZ.
1: Uh, another rookie, and he's listed as a second teamer, but he's also been very dynamic on the other side of the ball to this point, is, is Carl Lawson coming off the edge. They, they list him as, a, as Nick Vigil's backup at the Sam linebacker position, and he has played some linebacker, regular linebacker, in some base sets in camp. But where he has really stood out, Jed, is when they put him with his hand down As a nickel pass rusher, he has been really good almost every single day, and he was very good in
0: the scrimmage on Saturday. Another guy that passes the eye test. (laughs) Another guy who just looks like he can play some football. And obviously his draft stock dropped a little bit because of his injury history, but it doesn't look to me as if he's got any sort of lingering problems. He had a, a career in college that was really derailed by being unable yeah, well, to be on the field when he
1: played the, the productivity level was still very very good he just you're right he just had injury
0: issues that, that prevented some of that right so he he certainly looks apart now it's it's always a is it good that he looks this good against the Bengals' offensive line? There's always a second part to as good as anybody looks because and that, that's they're why, going against each other.
1: And that's why sometimes in preseason, if you've got a veteran team and it's just going – but there are some guys to really watch out for come Friday because you want to see what can they do against other teams, what they, what can they do when we're in real tackle football. We mentioned Mixon. I think Carl Lawson is obviously that other guy on the defensive side of things.
0: Carl Lawson is going to bring a dynamic to this defense that – you know, you hate to say it, the other, the 58 before him really could not. Right. I mean, Ray Maluga and Carl, Carl Lawson, very different types of players. He's got Ray's number now, but him off the edge, you know, whether he puts his hand in the ground or, or whether, you know, he stands up, I think you've mentioned before in pass coverage he still needs some work. Yeah,
1: but I don't think they're going to put him in a lot of spots right. where he's going to have to do that. I think they want to rep him there just as an extra spot, but he, he does need some work, no doubt.
0: Yeah, so – and I can't imagine someone better than than Vinnie Ray for this for these young linebackers to kind of learn from. He's the type of guy who is is quietly leading leading this unit. Obviously Vontez Burfict is is a very talented guy. And having a great camp other than a couple of incidents. He's right. from a performance standpoint's been and off he's, the charts. his performance is, is off the charts. He came in I think probably in better shape than than right. he really ever has, but but, so you've got a nice mix of veteran guys that can that can help Carl Carl along and it'll be interesting to see obviously offensively it's more of an issue than defensively, but how quickly do these guys respond to the quick line calls how how do they get up to NFL speed and how quickly can they do that? but in terms of raw talent, Carl Lawson it could could be a guy who you know you're buying his jersey in the next yeah I, I mean
1: he's got the a look of an absolute fourth round steal. Uh, At this point of training camp, but we've seen that happen before and and maybe it doesn't work out. I I don't think that's going to be the case with him. He he certainly looks the part. We're not going to see John Ross, obviously, and and who knows when we will see him. We've seen him. Uh, he does practice every day. Does position drills. Does some some uh, other drill stuff. But is not taking part in any team stuff. So we're not going to see him him this weekend. Is, is there anything else that you want to really see from Friday night? Um, I, as I mentioned, I mean the two from I want to see Mixon and Lawson against somebody else. And I guess it's seeing the offensive line. How do they perform against somebody else?
0: Yeah. One thing on Ross, the the, the knock on him coming out of of school was that he wasn't a great route runner. And again, we, I'm not going to Colts camp. I'm not going to different camps, and and you kind of maybe have Stockholm syndrome because you see the same sure. guys, and they end up looking better than maybe they are. But it looks like he can run routes really well. Yeah. I mean, he, he, the way he gets <clears throat> in and out of of the routes that Just I've seen him feet. run, he's so quick. And you know, oh, his route tree isn't as as good as it could be or as should be. I mean, I think I think, I think know, some of a, the knocks on him have been maybe blown out. Of my position. only trepidation is the size factor. He just is—he's
1: right. just a—he's a smaller guy than you can even think how he is. But yeah, I, just watching him do those
0: things you mentioned, I—I I don't have any doubts that he's—he's going to be fine from that perspective. If he turns into another Deshaun Jackson, I that mean, would be fine. <laughs> that would be fine. You that know, I mean, there, fine. there is a precedent for guys of his size making uh, a name for themselves in the NFL in, in terms of. Other things I want to see, I want to see how this team responds in the red zone. If they get the ball in the red zone, that that was a, a place where they struggled from, from the 20 yards and in, from the 10 yards and in. They had trouble at the beginning of last year converting that into touchdowns. Yeah, and, and I really think
1: that that's a Tyler Eifert solves that yeah. situation as a target and then as somebody that defenses
0: really have to know and it opens other things up. And they, they did, if yeah. I remember correctly, they, they – kind of played better but at the beginning of the year it was hard for them to figure out a way and obviously I Eifert wasn't around for that so hopefully he can alleviate that but I think that was a lot of the frustration that fans had that people that watch them that are on a regular basis had is they they had the ability to kind of get in the red zone but they just had a hard time converting and I think that's going to be a big key for this team and again the games don't count but the reps that these guys get ones on ones are, are very telling, especially against a team like Tampa Bay, who's on the up.
1: And I think especially this year, in, in in those that string of playoff teams, it was pretty much the same core guys. You knew what you had primarily, so the, the preseason was more an exercise of just getting ready. I think for this this team, there are a lot of guys individually, you want to see them against other people. Andrew Billings I want to see against other people. William Jackson the third, who I think he had a great camp and probably is in line to start the regular season opener in place of Adam Jones outside with Darquez Denard being the nickel corner. He's been great, but I want to see him against other teams' receivers and, and, and other teams' offenses.
0: You know, outside of the offensive line, which we talked about not being too many contingency plans, there aren't a lot of other positions on this team where someone isn't knocking on the door. Correct. If you don't play, if you don't perform in the reps you're given, there are people right behind you that that can get it done. In theory, there are guys that are waiting to, to get an opportunity. Well,
1: I mean, think about this. I mean, you you, you have three NFL-caliber running backs. You really and truly do, unless Joe Mixon bombs to the point where I would be as stunned as I've ever been in my life. You have two starting-caliber quarterbacks, although A.J. McCarron has had a miserable camp, and He's, Jeff Driscoll's yeah. been, been better in camp. But, again, he started games and won games. Um, you know, you, you have wide receivers even. While I think everybody was writing off Brandon LaFell because John Ross was drafted – well, Brandon LaFell's had a great camp and, and is going to start the season probably as, a, as an outside starting receiver with John Ross probably being used in spots, and that speaks to the depth. You didn't just draft John Ross for, for the future and, and, and looking down the road. They want him to be a weapon now, but he's going to have a hard time initially unseating even a Brandon LaFell. Down the road, maybe he does, and he certainly provides a different dynamic, but that, that speaks to the depth you talked about.
0: And I think mentally, I think this is, this is big for LaFell. I, I think last year when he came in, he didn't know whether or not he was going to fit in. He wasn't sure how many looks he was going to get. He, he kind of seemed to me last year when we were here, he kind of had a bad attitude as if he thought that maybe there wasn't going to be a place for him on this team. He knows there's a place for him on this team now. And his attitude yesterday or Tuesday When I'm sorry, Monday, when we were here, he was playing catch with with some of the kids. um, Yeah, they were on the side. That came. It just seems like he's in a good mood because he's sort of found his footing. And that, everybody's human. And as good as LaFell has been a Super Bowl champion, you want to be wanted. And I think after that initial year where the Bengals said, hey, we we like you, we want you in the fold, we're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round, but we still value you, and we think you have a place on this team, I think that goes a long way for his mentality.
1: All right, Bengals do play on Friday against Tampa Bay in the uh, preseason opener. We'll have you covered both on Local 12 and on Local12.com. For Jed and UC, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us today on today's Skinny Podcast.